What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? The week 15 of the NFL season is complete, and I know you know what I know happened on Sunday, and I'm just going to let you know that I am excited about it. Am I talking about the Chiefs moving to 13-1? Am I talking about the Browns becoming another team that's going to be in the playoffs? No, you know what I'm talking about. I'm here with David Ingber. I'm here with Brian Westbrook, three of the biggest Eagles fans you ever meet in your entire life. <laughs> um, um, Westbrook, it's 16 nothing. Jalen Hurts has been sacked for a safety. He threw a pass that went right through Isaiah Simmons' hands, mm-hmm. and you're going, man, this could be ugly. I'm getting texts from friends saying you jumped on the bandwagon too soon. And then this kid goes off for 401 total yards, 338 through the air, 63 on the ground, three touchdowns throwing, one touchdown running. He drives them down after a huge emotional DeAndre Hopkins touchdown and throws a beautiful seam pass to Dallas Goddard on third and 21. Goddard drops it. They're not able to get it done. Gets the ball back again somehow converts a fourth and eight uh, and and bringing back like Alshon Jeffrey and Travis Fulgham from the dead. Then at one point gets sacked on second down, scoops it up, throws again to guess who? Travis Fulgham. And then through three of the prettiest Hail Marys you'll ever see, it didn't get completed. <laughs> but I just, I'm sitting here today and I don't know what it's like to have kids, but I feel like I got a new one. And, and I, I'm so, I'm so in love with Jalen Hurts. And I just wanted to, to know when it was 16, nothing, were you like bringing, like, were you thinking about Wentz? No, I wasn't. But I'll tell you this. There was a lot of people on my Twitter timeline that were, you know, well, you know what are you going to do now? Wentz was the problem, huh? All these times you're talking about Wentz was the issue. And, and now what are you going to say about that? You, you're never saying anything bad about Hurts. And, you know, talking that, that, that type of way. And then, amazingly, I never oh, heard from them again. Literally, never heard from them again. Never heard from them again. They were absent off my Twitter timeline because Jalen Hurts turned into the answer. He turned into the answer to the question. The question is, can you win with these guys? Yes, you can. Now, can you play much better? And he has to still play better. But can you win? Yeah. The team looks like it can win. Now, you played against a better team. Does he have some things to clean up? Absolutely. But Jalen Hurts was the answer to the question, and the answer was yes. In about 20 minutes, we're going to hear from LaShawn McCoy. A little bit after that, we're going to talk to Master about another Eagles topic. It is Eagle-centric. He did uh, Donald McNabb on Untold Stories. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have some stories there, too. Uh, and then I'm, I have an NFL player that, promised me something 10 minutes before kickoff and delivered. And so I'm going to talk to him a little bit later, but to, to talk about this, I, yesterday was a big day for Lefko predictions. I predicted that the Patriots weren't going to make the playoffs and Ingber, I just want you here for proof. Correct. Before the season. Yeah, you had, we, we talked about how the bills and the Patriots were sort of a coin flip in Vegas. And yes. I took the Patriots side because how could I not? You took the Bills side and uh, yeah, that bore out. Nice job. I said, I said three AFC North teams were going to make the playoffs. It looks easy now. I just want, I just, I'm doing this. And then of all of them though, 
All I cared about yesterday was Jalen Hurts. Like I'm watching the Chiefs against the Saints and the Chiefs are up there right now with LeBron James in terms of athletics that I like to watch all the time, even though it's not my team. But Jalen Hurts yesterday, I I wanted to ask you about your Twitter interactions because I saw you going up and back. You do a pregame show in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. You're actually more in tune with Philadelphia fans than I am because I just have my friends. So I'm curious, like, what was the energy, man? Because I looked over on Twitter one time and you were in like a sand pit of like Wentz defenders. And I, I what is the feeling right now in Philadelphia? Because I don't get it. I'm elated. I, I feel as though I'm about to go on vacation. Well, let's just say before this game. So last week, all the Wentz apologists. And again, I try to explain to people, and this is simple. I root for the Eagles. I want the Eagles to win. I don't necessarily care with running back, with quarterback, with coach. I want the team to win. I don't want to get attached to guys like that that play for the team. You know, I, I analyze what goes on on the game, and, and from there I go from, from there. I want good play. We haven't seen good play from Carson Wentz in a very long time, and what we've seen over the last two weeks is a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that has got this team to respond to him, that has moved the ball well. The offense looks differently, well-oiled machine. But what the, the interaction on Twitter was pretty simple. Everybody, especially the early on in the game, Wanted to call for Carson Wentz. He's the answer. Put him back in. You know, do all these different things and never allow the game to evolve. You have to allow a young quarterback to evolve. But why are they so against Hurts coming in? That's what I'm not understanding. Well, because they believe Carson Wentz is the answer. And I just want to say, I want to say, for you guys have both been talking all year. I have. I feel like we have been defending Carson Wentz for a majority of the year, talking about the offensive line, the weapons, and the play calling. Yeah. I really feel like we did. So I feel like I want to establish that because I think there are always anti-Carson guys, and I think there are now always defending Carson guys. Before the game, rumors come out that Carson Wentz doesn't want to be there if he's the backup, which... I don't know if that's a news reporter that got that on a Thursday and said, I need to save that for my Sunday news dump in the morning, which is like what Schefter and Rappaport and all those guys do. But if that was timed, I mean, talk about like awful timing. And I just, I don't understand in this league where it's like, it's not just a, what have you done for me lately? It's like, you have to adapt and have to change. It is so obvious right now what Jalen Hurts did yesterday. You have guys like Quez Watkins balling. I'm seeing at the end of the first quarter, Alshon Jeffrey pumping the team up. At a play in the fourth quarter, Alshon's running back and playing DB on Patrick Peterson. Most importantly, games against the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals in general with the Philadelphia Eagles, to me, have always held odd historical relevance. Donovan McNabb won a place in all Philadelphia Eagles hearts when he broke his fibula against the Cardinals and threw four touchdowns, even after it was broken. He got bent back in half, won the city over. This is also a team that in a run to the NFC championship game in which seemed like another fortuitous season, it ended in Arizona to an incomplete pass. Heck, we traded Kevin Cobb to Arizona for DRC and a second round pick. There's just a lot of history with quarterbacks with this franchise. And when Jalen Hurts was down 16 and nothing, I went, this Jalen Hurts is going to lose it. Like there was a small part of me that was like, oh no. But now that I know that this, that the Arizona Cardinals will be really the birth of, of the 
the confidence in Jalen Hurts and what he did yesterday. Every deep ball is gorgeous. Like, it's not even debatable who throws a better deep ball at this point. He's throwing shots on the sideline, Westbrook, in the hole where there's like a corner on Rager's hip. Rager needs to learn how to attack the ball at the point. I'm just going to say this right now. He does not attack the ball. It's bad. But he'll have a dude on his hip, and Jalen Hurts will put it on the outstretched hands. Now, it doesn't get completed, but there's only one guy that can catch it. And so now I'm at a point where I'm going, do we shut down the Jalen Hurts bandwagon Saturday? You don't get to see Sunday against the Cowboys. Like, I don't know what other people need to see right now, Westbrook. Like, I was, I knew I was a little overconfident last week, but now it's like, did you just outduel Kyler Murray? And like, Kyler Murray has DeAndre Hopkins and you don't? Like, are you clearly better than Tua Tonga Vailoa? Are, are, like, are you saying shut down, meaning don't play him and allow Carson to come back? Oh, no, in? no, 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 no. What are you saying? Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about don't allow saying, anybody else on the, on the Jalen Hurst train. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you want to sit there and say, what about Wentz? You have until Saturday to change your opinion. Mm. Because after that, when you see him tear up the Cowboys and then he goes into Washington and might play spoiler to both NFC East teams back to back, I don't want you to have that much evidence. Don't tell me about his contract. I don't want to hear if he's going to be an issue. I don't talk about backup quarterbacks. And that's what he is right now. He's a backup quarterback. You know why I hire an accountant? Because I don't need to know about the numbers. I just need to know if my taxes are good. I don't need to know about Carson Wentz's contract. Howie Roseman, get it done. Jalen Hurts is the guy. And if you're still not sure, I don't know what else you need to see. And I don't think you deserve Dallas and Washington to just push it over the line. I like it. I mean, I, I've seen enough, too. I mean, I've seen a quarterback again. He's seen enough. Well, let me, let me, He's let me, seen let me enough. I'm not just crazy by myself. I, 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 think it's, I think it's clear that the guys have played better. They responded to him. It's also clear that he's giving guys opportunities. We, we talked about Alshon Jeffrey. Well, why hasn't he? You know, it, 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 here was the comments that you hear on Twitter. Tell it. Well, well, tell it. Tell you know, it. Alshon doesn't want to play for Carson. And I'm like, well, why would you think that? Alshon wants to play because he is a football player. You want to go out there and win the game and help your team win. He's not going to say, hey, I don't want to play for Carson, so I'm not going to catch the ball. Why would he mess up his own legacy in that way? He, he just wouldn't do that. But when you get an opportunity, in which really he hasn't had the opportunity with Carson Wentz, then he makes a play. He just made a play. He hasn't looked fast. He, he's looked slow. He's looked like he can't move. But he's made the play when he had an opportunity. Jalen Hurts gave him that opportunity. Same thing with Quez Watkins. Same thing with Rager. He's given these guys opportunities. Goddard, same type of thing that they weren't given these opportunities in the past. I'm over here freaking out because after the game, I was on FaceTime with my guy Lapone for like an hour. Like, I'm, I'm that intense right now. But what was the number one thing that they said about Nick Foles that he did well that Carson Wentz didn't? He trusted his receivers. Mm -hmm. Alshon always did well with Nick Foles because Alshon's never going to get a step on anybody. No. Alshon is the definition of he doesn't look open, but trust me, he's open. Nick Foles' first touchdown in the Super Bowl, 50-yard bomb to Alshon Jeffrey. He just threw it up. Big game, big plays against Chicago in that playoff game. Alshon Jeffrey just lobbing it up. Jalen Hurts has trust in the players, so the players have trust in Jalen Hurts. 
It's literally the definition of what rotted that locker room. If you really think about it, here's Carson Wentz going, you're not open. And then they're going, you got to throw me the ball. He had Alshon had so many more targets yesterday in the last two games than I feel like he's had because Carson Wentz needs to see it. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts can feel it. And to me, that is the definition of the line between when a quarterback is great or if they're good. Mitchell Trubisky needs to see it. Jared Goff needs to see it. Russell Wilson doesn't need to see it. We putting it up there. Rodgers, Mahomes, they don't need to see Mahomes is putting balls in the corner of the end zone and saying, if he don't get it, it's fine. But if he does, let's go. Yeah. And, and to me, it's like some guys have the it, and that is the it. And what is not of the it is going, he's open, I can throw it. And so he had very few mistakes yesterday. Yet again, in a game where they start off 16-0, he barely turned the ball over. He barely turned the ball over. He protects the ball. He throws a beautiful deep ball. It's like fourth and eight on the 50. Don't worry. He'll do that Russell Wilson thing where he waits and then darts and goes for 25 yards. Um, I didn't expect to end an absolutely miserable Eagle season so excited for the future. And that's what Jalen Hurts has done for me because he's got a hoop earring like Michael Jordan with a lightning bolt on the side. He has a hoop earring with a lightning bolt, and he's a Q. Okay? It's a new generation in Philadelphia. We're going to talk to Master later, and you can talk about it, how there was a lot of talk about Donovan McNabb in the city and why wasn't he loved, and there were plenty of rumors just because he was a black quarterback, and then all this love came to Carson Wentz, and everybody said, wait a second, maybe it's because he's white. This is a real conversation that happens in Philadelphia all the time, and I'm telling you right now, Jalen Hurts is about to show everybody that it don't matter. That Philadelphia is going to be swaggy as hell with hoop earrings and lightning bolts. And and I he's going to bring the whole city together. Mm-hmm. I'm just he's the best quarterback in the NFC East that's not on IR right now. Because yeah. I, I I think Dak is still ahead of him, but he's better than everybody else. Giants, we got a better quarterback in the future. Washington, whatever you have, we got better <laughs> yeah, than him. whatever that is like, you have going on down there. Whatever that is, you have, we have better. So I'm I feel good. You should be excited. You should be excited. They have a. How, are you excited? I am excited. I, I still want to see more. I'm not saying that we're going backwards. We're not going backwards now. But I, now it's about getting him experience. Now it's about getting Jalen Hurts opportunities to see different blitzes and see different defenses. And the more uh, we mentioned this last week, the more you put things on tape. Now you have to figure out what's your what's your your next pitch. What's the other pitch? What's the thing that you're going to do besides what you're doing currently? This week, he threw the ball very well. Last week, he ran the ball well. This week, he threw the ball very well. So he's showing a different side of his game, and that's important, especially for a young quarterback. I'm super excited. I I still want to see more. I'm hungry for more, and that's a good thing for a young player. And he came out there in the postgame presser, and he goes, I have a standard, and I didn't play up to that standard. And here I am thinking, like, look, I watch these young quarterbacks. I study them. We're prospecting, right? Drew Locke of a big game. Then they'll lose, and he's up there, chippery, having a great time. Ah, I threw for 300. Jalen Hurts is out there. I'm like, man, this is a leader. And I, I just want to apologize, David Ingber, longtime Eagles fan. I've been kind of talking over you a lot, and I really want you your time uh, on this topic. <laughs> well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, we all talk about wearing a lot of different hats in this business, and I do appreciate you 
taking on a new role as the bandwagon bouncer. I feel like this is a role that needs to be talked about more. It's a nice alliteration. It's something that needs to happen whenever people are getting a little too excited, a little too early. You want to get in early or you get bounced. And so you're saying Saturday is your deadline. Listen, I'm here with venture capital extraordinaire, Brian Westbrook, and he knows not every fund is a rolling fund. Some of these funds have cutoffs because they know these spots are tough. And I think Jalen Hurts is a very prime ETF. I I have to warn you that there are a lot of still, there's a lot of Wentz fans. And again, I'm not anti-Wentz. We just want him to play better when he has the opportunity. And Jalen Hurts has played better when he's had the opportunity. So you got to support the young quarterback. I'm done with Wentz. (laughs) I think he's a great guy. I wish him tons of luck. If he wants to play in the quarterback factory that is the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> and back up Jalen Hurts just in case because our quarterbacks get hit a lot, like our offensive line is a mess. But well, what do you um, do? What do you do with Wentz? Are you just saying suck the contract up, suck the thirty-four million dead cap money? This is see. Th- th- this is the conversation that it's so interesting to me. Is I feel like Philadelphia Talk Radio is going to everyone's they're going to be talking to accountants all week. And in my opinion, it's like the future is now Jalen Hurts. And so uh, for me, I- I'm, I'm not even really concerned. Uh, I think that, you know, I saw some stuff where if you give them the $10 million roster bonus in March and you cut them after June 2nd, it's only $30 million for two years, which is very tradable. So that's a possibility. Candidly, stuff that happened yesterday, like the Jets are big. Because if Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets, Sam Darnold is out. Now the question is, if, if, if um, Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jaguars, now if you have a new coach, do they go, actually, we'd like to try this thing with Sam Darnold. And now all of a sudden, Sam Darnold's not available. Because Sam Darnold's a lot cheaper than Carson Wentz. He's a lot younger than Carson Wentz. And he's got a lot less wear and tear on the tires than Carson Wentz. So that's why... I think that was also big yesterday and the Eagles lost. So now they have a better draft pick to maybe get Jalen hurts a stud wide receiver because I'll say it again. I like Jalen Rager a lot. He ain't it. He, he, I, he's not polished he's, enough quite yet. He hasn't shown us he, enough. Am I crazy? There was one throw down the sideline where he went and he just didn't run the right route. And like afterwards, Doug Peterson was like, what are you doing? Yeah. That happened, he's had right? some, he's had some rookie moments. Um, you know, I, I attribute it to a guy that hasn't played a bunch all season long. Yeah. And, you know, he, he has to get some more reps. And, and listen, it's hard. It's hard to play in the NFL without OTAs, without minicamp, especially as a rookie that's expected to contribute. He, he certainly has mm-hmm. hit some things here his rookie year. That doesn't look good for Rager. About seven minutes, we're going to uh, get LaShawn McCoy on here. How, did you guys boy, ever man. cross over? Absolutely. I was there his rookie year. I'm- Rookie year. His rookie year uh, he my is my last year in Philly. Yeah. Last two quarterbacks he's played with, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, mm. and now Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's seen some things, I'm sure. Uh, so we'll talk, obviously, Bucks with LaShawn. But that was, that was supposed to be a very big game. Drew Brees came back yesterday for the Saints. Michael Thomas goes on IR. Uh, and the Chiefs did it again. They looked like clearly the best team in the NFL. Yeah. And, and as we've said, when they play a team that they play up for, it's almost like no competition. It's the teams that like they're, they're not really paying attention to that catches up to them. But now they're 13-1. And, one, and uh, I'd say probably kicking themselves about that one Raiders loss. But well, Time out, time out. So, so you watched that game yesterday. 
where Drew Brees mm-hmm. Saints defense was very good. Yeah, no, the Saints defense was good. But Drew Brees was terrible. Wasn't close to being himself. Wasn't efficient at all. 44% passing as far as completions. They struggled offensively up and down the field. Were one for 11 on third down and lost by three points to the supposed best team in the NFL. Well, certainly. And they got a safety when they could have gotten a touchdown on a fumbled punt. Could have been a five-point chain swing right there. And and you mean to tell me that you feel good about the the Chiefs? I I think the Chiefs all season long have been playing with fire, period. I think they've been playing with fire. I think they've had plenty of opportunities to lose. They pulled it out because Patrick Mahomes is special. But that doesn't mean in the playoffs all that's going to happen. I can see a scenario in the first, second round, whenever they have to play, the Chiefs going down, they're getting down by 17, 18 points in the first half and not being able to fight back like they fought back all season long. At some point, that has an expiration period. I, I, if I was a coach, I would not be satisfied the way that we're winning football games for, for Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I think it's a fair point. I think, too, when you see some of the other offenses in the AFC really finding their identities, Tennessee's defense stinks, but they can hang up 30-40 on anybody right And now. control the ball. Uh, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and there's not a lot of turnovers there. Buffalo, and I, I want to say that last week I, I've said there's three quarterbacks well above everybody else, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. Josh Allen is, is almost – he's if there's a guy like on the line – it's Josh Allen, the way he's playing right now in Brian Dayball system, where you have Cole Beasley as a thousand yard receiver wow. and Stefan Diggs is up, uh, one of the league leaders. Mm-hmm. So that's a very potent offense. And then the Browns really seem to be settling into their identity um, play action. But I would say all of them. The, the, the one that I think is very interesting to me is Tennessee has beaten the Chiefs before and they faced off in the playoffs, so there's a lot of history mm-hmm. and there's a lot of known uh, stuff. Buffalo lost to the Chiefs earlier this year. It's always hard to beat another team twice. There's like that. Um, it's It still feels like a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs but I that are going to go, but I know what you're saying where it's like, what if a Mahomes pass like that doesn't get completed in the playoffs? Right. Well, what if he just has one you know? more interception in the first half? And, and instead of being – One ball deflected. I mean, just it, think bad things can happen. Everything has gone their way every single game, and that's worked out great. They're 13-1, and, and, and you prove every single week that you just find different ways to win. But what if it no doesn't go – third or fourth and long more and uh, just converts it's just, every it's time? It's ridiculous. But, I mean, it also shows you, number one, how good Andy Reid is as a play designer. It shows you how good that team is all around. Receivers everywhere, running backs, tightening, everything. But also – it just continues to show you Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He's the guy that changes everything. When we talk about coaches and how good coaches are, well, great players like Patrick Mahomes make coaches, good coaches, look great because of their play. Mm. He continues to do it every single week. Are you, you know, with a relatively quiet Rodgers game on Saturday night and then a big Mahomes game? Yeah. Are we flipping back to Mahomes? Not, this is what happens this time of the yeah. year. It's a very tight MVP race. It, is, it goes back and forth. And it's really, you, you know, just like a player, it's what have you done for me lately. Um, yeah, a win doesn't necessarily mean a win in the MVP race. You got to do it with flash. That, that's what you have to say about Mahomes. Every single week it's done. Oh, we're coming back. I'm throwing the football. I'm getting it done. For, for Rodgers, it's weird because – they're going to hand the ball off a bunch, especially down in the red zone. So the running backs are going to get touchdowns. He's, you know, he doesn't have to. He doesn't necessarily have to throw to win. There, there are times where Andy Reid is like, "Listen, the only way that we're going to win is Patrick Mahomes." 
and it's understandable. So, yeah, I, I think Mahomes has that flash that everybody likes, especially in the MVP race. I forgot there's one other offense in the AFC that's starting to click, the Ravens right now. They, I know it was the Jaguars, but uh, we did say now is the time to invest in Lamar two weeks mm-hmm. ago because of the stretch. Uh, it's, it is one thing that it's so easy to forget as you retell the stories of the past weekend competition matters. Uh, Titans offense looks great, but I'll be honest, everybody looks great against Detroit. Like everybody looks great against Detroit, but for, for the chiefs to frustrate Cam Jordan to the point of punching and to, to just execute all the time. But I agree with you. You'd like that complete game where they really win by double. Here's your question for you. We saw that swing by Cam Jordan, right? And we also saw that stiff arm by Derrick Henry. Which one seemed more violent? Oh, the stiff arm. Yet Derrick Henry is yet, is, yet there's no penalty there. Oof. Obviously, no, you know, he doesn't get kicked out of the game. I mean, it's it's a well, one one is one is one is while the game is going on, and the yeah, other one is yeah, after the yeah, whistle. Yeah, perhaps, uh, perhaps. The reason that I knew Cam did it was because he didn't argue. No, no. Uh, you always know a liar when they 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 take their punishment. Yeah. You know, I saw uh, I saw a thing recently where two people were arguing over a purchase of something, and the one was like, "Fine, why don't we just donate the money to charity?" And I was like, <laughs> "That's the liar," yeah. because they're always trying to get out right. of it. He, so, he didn't put any yeah. money up, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Okay, yeah, you're the guy. Yeah, you're so innocent and so yeah. honest." Uh, oh, and, and, and so the, the so the so the Saints lost by three points, and I forgot. I'm glad you mentioned it. Cam Jordan didn't play. Was it the fourth quarter? Most of the fourth quarter, or something mm. like that. So I mean, so does that mean you're impressed with the Saints, or that you're not as impressed with the Chiefs? I was more impressed with the Saints. The the, the Chiefs are going to do what yeah. they do. I was more impressed with the Saints, especially being able to play without Drew Brees being close to himself. Efficiency does matter in this case. They finally made Kamara the number one option again. He finally, sometimes it takes losing other weapons to just give the ball to that yeah. guy. And he's, he's just a second and nine first down waiting to happen. Um, it, it, he can play that dink and dunk game. I just, now that it really looks like the NFC playoffs are going through Lambeau, he's just not doing it up there. Yeah. And, and that Saints, that Saints defense is going to be really tested because one of the things I saw the Packers start to do other than continue to fo- focus on Aaron Jones was they started introducing AJ Dillon in the second half, that 6'3", 250 guy from Boston college. Yep. And you're almost like, did they save him all year mm-hmm. for playoffs in Lambeau? Yeah. Like that's, that's the kind of next level coaching that I love. Speaking of saving, there are times where you can just tell Sean Payton is saving Kamara. I mean, he just is, he's saying we're going to, you're going to play, mm-hmm. you're going to be on the field, but you'll be a decoy. And we're just not going to get you the ball. We can win without you just because you want him to be completely healthy in the playoffs. And that that's certainly clear. Yeah. Usually there's a race to try and get to that two seed, even if you don't get the one seed, but now it's like, listen, home games and road games don't really matter yeah. because there's no fans in the stands. It just comes down to weather. Uh, well, speaking okay, of be, be, someone before, that's you, before you move there, let me, let me ask you this. If you're the Saints, I mean, not, obviously you're not going to get the one seed. I think Green Bay has pretty much yeah. locked it up. But don't you want to play? Don't you want Drew Brees to get some more opportunities just to get things going, especially after being hurt a little bit? To me, I, I, I want him to keep him going. I don't want to take a week off and then try to come back if I'm Drew Brees in the Saints. Drew, Drew needs to keep loosening up that arm, but somebody <laughs> like Michael Thomas needs to needs to rest that he needs ankle. needs to get healthy. You, and so there's that. Uh, someone who doesn't need to rest because we like to see him run. Former teammate of Brian Westbrook. 
a star in the NFL from the moment he was drafted. Shady LaShawn McCoy. Westbrook, you guy. Introduce LaShawn McCoy like the royalty he is. Give him his props. Let me take you back a long time ago. Might have been, I don't even know what year this was. It was just a long time ago. I know that. I was aging. I was old. Still love football. And the Eagles in the second round said, you know what? We're going to draft the running back out of Pitt. And I said, well, hold on. They don't got no good football players at Pitt, University of Pitt. They, they just, they're just okay. And they showed me the tape. I'm like, hold on. Hold on now. This guy's going to take my spot. And I was a and, – and I'll tell you what, LaShawn McCoy came in and he did so many different things well from the very beginning. First day, picked up the offense, which is number one in Andy Reid's system. You got to pick up the offense. If you don't know what you're doing, you ain't going to play. He was productive with the ball. Always made the first man miss. I'm talking about throughout his career, from the very first day, always made the first man miss. Nobody cuts Nobody. harder Nobody. LaShawn McCoy. Nobody in the NFL. Tear up turf. Breaking ankles and one yeah. mixtape. I'm gonna tell you McCoy. this: nobody in the NFL holds the ball looser than Lashawn McCoy either. He all oh, he get the damn ball his way out here. Every I I preached this sure. since his rookie year and has never changed. He doesn't fumble a lot, so that's a good thing. But we saw a young guy. We're talking about rookies playing that just was able to carry the load. I, I was barely playing. Lashawn played for the most of the season. He carried the load that rookie year, and then that was just the runway. He continuously got better every single year. And I watched him develop his game, pass threat, much better blocker, much able to do everything in his arsenal every single game in, in, the, in the open space. I mean, I, I watched this young man just grow as a player, and I've seen him grow more importantly than that. I, I think his play is certainly right on the cusp of being a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame player. But more importantly to me, I watched him develop as a young man. Right. So he came into the league. How old are you? 20 years old. Young. I mean, just a baby. Right. Trying to figure out life 20, like we all are 20. 20 years old. And I've seen him develop into a father, a grown man, a leader. And to me, that's the most important part. The things we talk about now, we we rarely ever talk about football. We talk about parenthood and, and how he is as a father and my kids and all those different things. That's the thing I'm the most proud about for LaShawn McCoy. The numbers are the numbers. I mean, simply put. If you get to 12,000 yards, you're a Hall of Fame running back, period. That's just where he's at. And he's right there, right there. And, you know, we just hope that he gets some more carries. He's gotten touches these last couple of weeks down there in Tampa. I just want him to get more. I, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, 15, 20 touches every single game. Mm. That's just me personally rooting for my boy, though. Yeah. That was the longest thing forever. <laughs> so, LaShawn, what, what would you like to that's say? That's my boy. Oh, that's my guy right there. We got some history. He maybe sound, no. sound a little better than what I am, but that's my guy, man. He's. I remember coming in the league, and I was like a big Brian Westbrook fan. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just to be in the locker room with him and talk to him, uh, he was he was great to me. Only thing about Westbrook is he always tell me, "Listen, Rook." He would owe me money. He said, "Listen, Rook, you'll never be broke. I owe you." You can never go broke. What if things don't never turn out right? Things, you so. have to come to me. I'd be like, well, I, oh, I do owe you 3500 bucks. I remember exactly how much it was. I owe, I owe LaShawn McCoy 3500 bucks. Yeah, I know. But that's not, not a small LaShawn amount McCoy, of money. He's rich. He's rich. He got all the money in the world. <laughs> Buffalo paid him. Eagles paid him. Tampa's paying him. That's a problem. You get money <laughs> and people think they're going to pay you back.
that, that was back then. But I'm talking when I first got in the league, I'm like, all right. But no, nah, just, I mean, he was always a great leader, man. And um, I mean, like, I, I look at the young dudes now, I was like, wow. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, with the young dudes now, I was like, I want to be that example that Brian was for me. Like, some guys, like, they'd be late for meetings or they, they, they're, they're not practicing hard. Brian was never that for me. Brian was the exact – he was uh, opposite. He worked hard. He was on time. He did all the right things. So I always wanted to be like that type of leader. So the younger guys, they they kind of fall into place. You know, it's like order. And then it carries on. It carries on. Um, and, and that's something that I think Brian has left with me even to this day. You are down there in Tampa Bay. You guys get the win yesterday. You're down, I think it was 24 to 7. Come roaring back. And – I'm just curious, sideline, all of that, the energy. It's Tom Brady against the Falcons, down 24 to 7. When did it go from, yo, what the hell is going on right now to they cannot stop us? What was that? When did it switch? Well, I know that the Falcons record is bad, but that that's a really talented team. They really are. Um, I mean, we just kind of settled down just and just played ball. You know, everybody say, hey man, it's time to to, to, to really get it together, it's clutch time. You know, let's lock in. And we just made plays. You know, we made we made a pact that, hey, we'll go out here this next half. You know, we'll score, and you guys get stops. And we'll score, you get stops. And that's what happened. Tom is so poised. I mean, if we're up 20 or down 20, he's the same. You know, one of the things that sure you play with different Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And you talk about poise, being able to do anything you want with the football. He has that ability. Now you're playing with the greatest of all time. Just compare the two when you look at how they approach the game and what they're able to do out there on the field. Yeah, they, they both were great leaders. Um, it's so different. Like, Pat is younger, so Pat's like, you know, he'll, he'll talk to us and motivate us, but he'll go on the field and make a ridiculous play. Like, okay, two guys are blitzing, he'll step up and step out and Roll around and throw a sidearm pass down the field. He'll 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 he motivates and leads um, a lot by his play. You know, and Tom's kind of the same. Um, he's older, so his is more like the approach of um like talking to us. You know, um, I'm leading us. You know, making us stay calm, not bickering, not fighting. And then when you see a leader has that approach, you kind of just follow it. Um, I mean. Just, they're so similar but so different. You could tell one's younger than, and the one's older. And I could see Pat uh, kind of forming to that as he gets older. You know, I could see Tom probably when, when he was younger, he probably was like Pat. You know, so I was blessed to play both of them, both of them guys. And, um, I mean, it's the way that they lead, man. Like, like it's like having an offensive right. coach right. on the field. Because mm. I'm sure you've been in other situations where you're looking around and you're like, oh, man. I'm the leader right now. And yeah. that that's a different feeling altogether. Nah, really. I mean, especially them two guys, they're probably the only two players, and this is being honest, that, that from – because some guys can, you know, get the rally, rally speeches and get you up. But I actually, like, you believe it. Like, okay, nah, we're down 50. If Tom say we're coming back, we're coming back. Mm. <laughs> you know, and uh, they have that approach. I mean, some things I've been on where I've been, like, the, the leader, you know, and, and trying to, you know, lead the guys and – be the right example. But I think the, the more you have on the team, the better, man. You know, it makes the main guy's job a lot easier. You've been on a, a bunch of different teams, and so you know what it's like when a team has to figure out a way to come together in a season. you got a lot of new pieces there. And I think uh, you look at all the teams around the NFL, oh, Josh Allen's been there. It's a lot smoother. Oh, Baker Mayfield's now been there. It's a lot smoother. Time creates 
yeah. a lot of synchronicity, but you guys are still nine and five. You're still looking at the Saints a game away. You still right now you're in the playoffs, which is great. Sure. W- what I saw in the second half is like this team is scary. Like like don't let them get hot. And so I- I'm curious where you guys are from from right now when we going into week 16 compared to week one, how is it coming together? Uh, how is the, that, that combining process going? And, and, and just backtracking on, on the, on the leadership, let me give you an example because it ties in. So like when we might have a game, we're not playing well, we might have a, a couple games where we're not playing at our level. Tom's like, listen, we're still a, a new team. You know, obviously we got the, the, the pieces from all the positions but we're still a new team where everybody's still trying to find a role and we're just gelling at the right time. And then when we're clicking, we're clicking. So getting deeper into the, the season where we're, we're, we're finding, okay, we just grab AB. He's a new addition. You know, he get him getting his role and other players getting their role. We're coming together. You know, we know what, what, what we all feast on and what, and what we need to, to get better and better as the game goes on, even with the defense, you know, so those things, I think at the right time, man, when we get hot, we're going to be a tough team to deal with. Just a matter of time. You know, us you know as I watched that game, I watched the similar. first half, and I'm saying, okay, Atlanta has disguised a lot of blitzes. They're faking from the right, and they coming from the left, right? And, and Tom yeah. couldn't quite figure it out. Then in yeah. the second half, it was different. He was getting the ball out quicker. You guys were blocking it up a little bit better. What was the conversation like at halftime? Was it just trying to figure out where the blitzes are coming from? Or is it were you guys adjusting how you guys got to those blitz recognitions and doing something different? What, what was you guys uh, talking about at that point? Because you were down big at halftime. Well, well, I think one thing about that team, to give them credit, the Falcons. Um, I mean, it, it sucks that you play a team twice a year, so they kind of know – what you do, what you don't do. And some of our bliss packages, um, they did a great job of um, scheming us up, to be honest. Second half, we chopped it up, chopped it right up, you know, ran the ball a little bit more, keep it more honest. Um, we picked up a lot of the blitzes. You know, Tom is smart. Like, you can't, you you might get him because he's, he's human. He's human. You, you'll get him his football. Mm-hmm. But he's not getting him too much. And then once we recognize what's going on, we, we chopped him up. Um, we stayed with it. I mean, it's all about adjustments. I mean, you know that, B. Like, they got us early. That was cool. And we just made adjustments. Um, and we shot out a cannon in the second half. Uh, okay. Can I talk about the <laughs> Eagles real quick? Is that okay? Yeah. That's my squad. I love the Eagles. Brian, we had these talks. LaShawn, I'm losing my shit right now. Hey, look, <laughs> when they traded me, we thought it was a prank. I'm like, stop playing. You serious? Let's trade it. It should have been a damn prank. It's real. Where were you when it happened? LaShawn, where were you when it happened? I was in Miami, and uh, true story, I was in Miami, and uh, my agent, Drew Rosenhaus, he called me, right? I had all these missed calls. I was, like, taking a nap. I'm like, who's calling me? All these calls from people, friends, right? So he said, Shady, this is not a joke. The Eagles have traded you to the Buffalo Bills. I was like, what? Chip Kelly was a, a disaster that walking. Happen. That was just, I mean, get rid of two of your best oh. players, LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson. That's just, that's, you don't do that. My, my, you know what? Because it's easy because I dump on Chip Kelly all the time. Was there a small period of time where everybody thought, man, this is going to work? I, I didn't think so. Just because, like, I was younger, so I didn't really care. You know, but a lot of the older guys, like Jason Peters, who's probably the best player on the team, 
Like he couldn't keep up with just the fast pace. And not only the fast pace in the game, but in practice. And if you have a thing where like, you know, majority of the team is questioning what's really going on, then that's, I mean, the future for that doesn't look too bright. Yeah, so, but I think it was cool though for the first you know, what, you know, you know year what, or two, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, Nick Foles yeah, out there you, throwing. You know what's interesting? This is kind of the mark right. of a good player that you could be successful in any offense. Doesn't really matter. And Chip Kelly's offense, Andy Reid's offense, uh, McDermott's offense up there in Buffalo. Lashawn McCoy has been successful. Just all you got to do is get him the ball, put him in space, and allow him to go make a play. Again, this is kind of underrated, and this is what Derrick Henry, even at a big size, can do: make the first man miss. LaShawn McCoy has the ability to make the first and second man miss. We talking about additional yards. That's what he's been able to do really throughout his career. And so in that Chip Kelly offense, that speed helped him. You had a good, you had a good year that year. It just, you, you didn't, the team, the team wide just couldn't keep up. Chip just wasn't the right dude. That's what it was. He wasn't the right dude. Hmm. Yeah, There's then, not like, a lot. Oh, sorry. You tied right. that in with the defense. Like we scoring so fast. Our defense is tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to when we talk to Tom Brady about this, right? We talk about like this, the game plans. Like teams that when they were so successful with the Patriots, they would take long drives, 10, 11, 12 play drives, right? Your defense gets rest, their defense is tired. Beat them up, taking shots, do whatever you want to do. You control the clock, you own them. So the fourth quarter, they're dead. Then you run the ball. It's just, that's just the football. You know, I think that's the, the way you design to, to win games. I mean, I was, I was kind of upset about getting traded, but it was more just. Mm-hmm. The business of football, like I was an all-time leading rusher there. I could have stacked up my yards, you know. That's like a hometown for me. I could have brought up a championship there when I was there. This is a lot that plays into it, the marketing area. You know, like I had some really good years in Buffalo, right? But they didn't really get to see that because we wasn't on TV as much. Later when McDermott got there, we started getting on TV and things like that, mm-hmm. like how they are now. But I had some 12, 1,300-yard years, some touchdowns, you know, yeah. Where you didn't get to see it because of the market. Where Philadelphia always on TV. Mm. You know, I lost endorsement money. Let's talk about that. But it's just the the business part of it. You know, it's like I could have, like, I felt like I was a player where I should never left that team. You know, some play, like franchise like cops, probably That's, never going to. And they should have built around should, you. That's what they should have. Yep. Larry Larry Fitzgerald, like them dudes should never leave their team. So that's why I was really, really, you know, hurt more. Not because of like with the Chip Kelly, because he didn't have nothing to do with it. It was more just the the, the business part of it. Hmm. I was going to say, there's not a lot of guys that get traded, and then all of a sudden, the Pro Bowl stay there. And if you look at the All-2010 team, there are four running backs. Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, and Marshawn Lynch, and only one of them averaged over 1,000 mm-hmm. yards a season, and it's the guy we're talking to right now, LaShawn McCoy. So, And that's being traded in the middle of it. Like that's that's all you need to know. Yeah, like it's all good though. It worked out. It did. Um, I, I the reason I brought up the Eagles though is like I I don't know if you saw any of the clips from yesterday, but I am obsessed with Jalen Hurts right now. And balling. He said. He said. Whew. So with with him balling, you know that city. You That's were true. there with Vic when it, it was like the the level of excitement went to like twelve. What what could happen right now once people get over all the like contract nonsense behind the scenes? Well, I just think, man, the young kid's playing really, really, really well. The better he does, the more pressure the city builds up. That's a big football town right there. 
Um, I mean, but then again, like I, I like Wentz. I think he's a hell of a player. I mean, just a couple of years ago, we thought he was the best player in football, you know, and um, injuries settled in. But you never know. I'm not sure what the number the number is with the the um the cap the cap 35, hit. 34 million. You got a big that's big contract. You know, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, especially in the market where we're talking about the the yes. overall salary cap is decreasing. So I mean, you're talking about a third, maybe a little bit less, uh, committed to a player that's not going to be your team. That's, that's it's hard to compete that way. That means you got to draft great, and the Eagles haven't done a great job of drafting. Yeah, right. You got it. Yeah, you I just hate have that it. everyone just talks about numbers. <laughs> Can't we just talk about how good Jalen Hurts is and figure out? No, the numbers not, but I'm gonna say it's the business of it because I mean, because then like, and now I mean, I don't that that division is not really doing well. You know, but somebody has to somebody has to win, right? Yeah. So you want to you got to get better players. Right. You know, and it's hard to do that when you don't have no money. Um, looking forward, these like you've seen now, like Tom Brady, you were saying, like he's just got that different type of energy. Now we're getting ready for playoff football, and I watched, and I we don't have to talk about specific people, but like the the likely team to be the number one seed, you guys absolutely smoked in the Green Bay Packers. And even though they get a buy and no one else gets a buy, to me the NFC feels more wide open than it's ever felt. And I'm I'm curious, I'm curious. You know, you're about to go to the playoffs with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, that O line. JPP in the playoffs sounds like a problem. Your linebackers might be the fastest in the NFL. And, like, right. I don't know if people watched that game yesterday, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is like nice. Superman. He's Superman. Nice. Um, All year is a like that. All year. So, so, I guess my question to you is, like, are you excited to be the hunter? Because I feel like in the beginning of the year, everybody was like, oh, watch out for the Bucks." But I feel like now you guys are, like, the hunter that no one's paying attention to. Like, and you're right. And I, like I said, I think just getting into in the playoffs, that's all you need. Just get there. You know, once you get there, it, it's a it's a fair playing field, you know, because each week we got a game plan for just that team, you know, and just got to beat them and be better than them that day. And there's no um, crowd. I, it's not, There's no playoff no, craziness. There's no other than Green Bay because it's going to be freezing. But everywhere else, I mean, it's going to be a regular game. There's no fans. Like last, like yesterday, you know, playing Atlanta, um, it's normally kind of loud. And like on some of the third downs, like <laughs> they were having conversations, the quarterback and the lineman. Right. Like, let's mic him. No, 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 no. Let's mic him. You hear it. Hey, B, that's so crazy. Like, even having that, like, wow. Yeah. So there's no real big advantage, I don't think. You know, and I think once we get in that in that situation, I think we can be better than the team just for that day, man. So I just realized nice something, team. Westbrook. Do you know a running back that's better in the there snow than yeah. LaShawn McCoy? Because I don't. And so if the Bucs have to go to Lambeau for the NFC Championship game and the snow is on the ground, I will send video of that Detroit Lions snow game to, to <laughs> hey, Bruce You're you talking about breaking ankles. Yeah, send it to him. You, you're talking about breaking see, ankles see, in the regular see, snow, you know, on the turf. That's cool. But breaking ankles in the damn snow. I mean, that, that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole different a whole different world. It, it, it was like three, four, five inches on the ground. It was, it was crazy. You couldn't see the lines on the field. The only, there was one person, literally one person that, that nice. had their footing in that game right there, LaShawn McCoy, one, one person. It, it, was, it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. It, it's weird because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm much older than LaShawn, and 
I've watched him like like almost like watching a little brother. You know what I'm saying? And so when he's having success, I'm feeling it the same way. And so I'm su- I'm jumping up in the air, excited, and you know it, it's just it's good to watch that the guys that you've seen your entire career have success, and that that's that's the feeling that I have anytime that I see Lashawn do his thing, man. It's pretty cool. That's my guy right there. Hey, we we played we had a snow game in uh, in Buffalo, and all the guys. Playing right. I'm like, man, this snow ain't nothing. Yeah, we played in Philly. Yeah. It was crazy. You know, let me ask you this because because you play for a few different coaches now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Andy and Chip and Philly, and then up there, who, who's your first co- coach up there? Uh, Malarkey was he the first guy or Greg Williams when you when you got to Buffalo? No, nah, oh, uh, Rex, okay. Rex Ryan. And then obviously you're playing, you play for Andy again, and now you're down there uh, with, <laughs> with Bruce Arians. When, when you look at the coaching style and things like that, just tell us a little bit more how you feel about the coaching style. And because Bruce is like, I mean, he's like, listen, if you mess up, I'm calling you out. Andy wasn't like that. He would pull you to the side and say different things to you. Bruce is more like, nah, mm-hmm. he messed up. He, he's not reading things right. He's not saying the right things. How do you feel and respond to that type of coaching? Yeah, it, it's definitely different. Like, I, I've never seen that before. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen it, like, calling out in, like, meetings, but never, like, publicly. Um, but but one thing about, I think, B.A., man, Coach B.A., he's um, – what you see is what you get. Um, he's a fair shooter. If you're playing well, he'll tell you. If you're playing bad, he'll tell you. Um, and I think you, you gain respect from that because now it's not like a guessing game. Like, well, why not or why this? You know, so I do like that part about him. I think Coach Reed – He's, he's different um, when it comes to, like, calling players out. It's more like he, doesn't, he, ne- he never addresses the media and gives them anything, you know. So they don't, really, they don't, they don't like coach for that. But, but coach, he'll put you to the side, hey, I need you to run harder. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Catch the ball more, you know. So there's different styles. Um, still, old, they're both old school. They work hard. Tons of plays and practice. <laughs> keep like, coach them tired. They, hey, keep going. Um, <laughs> you know. But but uh, good personality. I think Andy shows his personality a little bit more, like um, to the to the players. You know, like especially now. Hey, B, you got to see him now. He yeah. he wearing Air Force Ones. Yeah, he doing yeah. dances. <laughs> He's showing off. Big fella showing off. So um, you know, but they're, they're both old school, but both good coaches. Arians mm-hmm. is smart too. Like 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 Andy will always be you know drawing plays up and and and. You know, at lunch on the napkin, you know, at the eat his burger, he's drawing plays up. Arians is the same thing. He's in his golf cart, you know, drawing plays. So very um very intelligent coaches. Love it. LaShawn, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming and spending it with me and your guy B West. Good luck. We talked about the Lions. That's who you got next. You got a right. dome game, and then in the sun of Tampa Bay, and then it goes from there, man. So good luck the rest of the way and thank you, dude. Appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me. Hey, B. West, whenever you want to send that money over, I'll gladly take you. it. You never be broke. I'm always here for you, bro. You never be broke. <laughs> love you, bro. You take, take care, it man. I have given my love letter to Jalen Hurts. We have spoken to LaShawn McCoy, and now it is time to bring in one of our good friends, Master Tesfatsian. Uh, he does everything at Bleacher Report. A little bit of writing, hosting untold stories, giving breakdowns of what the NFL should do, even though they don't do it, and they just keep playing with fire. Master in his, I want to say it is a hookah slash 
uh, steam room set up. Oh, yeah. It's, we vibe in here, man. We chilling. You know what I'm saying? We cooling. Quarantine got everybody kind of stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, so. a, it's a cave. That's a cave that you're in. It looks like a cool cave, a nice, cool You know, if, if I had a couple yards, you know what I'm saying? If I had my own jersey in the league like you, I definitely would have a nice little jersey spat up right here. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> I'm digging your setup, man. I don't know who would set you, it up for you, but they did it right. Would you hang the Falcons one? Because I know you're like me. They sent you a, a jersey. Would you hang up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> would you do that even <laughs> you know though you're funny? not a real Falcons fan? I'm not, and, and they misspelled my name, so they had to send me another one. So my mom wears the misspelled name one, and my dad wears the real one, and he wears it to work every damn day. He rotates between the Falcons jersey and the BR hoodie. Clearly, my dad loves free shit. Don't we all? <laughs> I, I would wear BR jackets and BR gloves today to the gym. Um, you have another untold story coming out. Is it this week with Donovan McNabb? Uh, T.O., 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 it is dropping. Oh, um, Westbrook's eyebrows hit the ceiling. Yes, yes. Because we, we this got, got started because of a dot of McNabb untold Yes, stories. it did. So, so give people backtrack a little bit. Season one, McNabb episode. Shout out to Heather, uh, BR talent team. Suggested it, big time Eagles fan. Uh, I was kind of on the fence on it because I didn't know if the audience that we have at BR would, would kind of understand this. And then the audience that we are a part of, like it feels like everything from that time when you were there, Westbrook, like everything has been hashed out at this point. Mm. Uh, but we, I wanted to reflect back on the Super Bowl because that was probably, even as a Cowboys fan in Dallas, I was rooting for that team, I, I, like low-key. Like I, was, I, wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted the Eagles to win that game just because I, I just enjoyed seeing McNabb and T.O. together. Yeah. And so uh, I wanted to rehash that with them because I'm sure there was a, a thought in his mind that, you know, at some point they would go back, but they never had the chance to go back. And, you know, being able to have like a revisionist history of it and being able to reflect back on it, what he learned from that is the biggest thing I love asking athletes to jump on because I feel like I learned from them in, in a lot of ways. And I feel like the audience can learn in many ways as well. Uh, I did not expect that him and T.O. still had beef. <laughs> I thought by this point, you know, it's been 15 years. I thought by this point it was in rehash because I'm sure as you guys know, in this NFL circle, it's so tight. Like you're, you're going to come across these people, especially those two guys. Like you're yeah. always going to be in similar circles and see each other quite often. So I thought by this point uh, that had been squashed and, and clearly it didn't. And uh, once that dropped, you know, T.O. Were you surprised in the filming of it or were you surprised in the reaction to the clips? No, I, I was surprised in the filming of it because I even told him after we shot, I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know it was still like a sensitive situation. He's like, yeah, you know, it's just that's what we told him. I just throw my, you know, throw the deuces up, just let him be. Uh, and at that point, I was like, oh, but I, I thought like, you know, all of this had kind of, you know, been hashed out already. But it just kind of goes to show you how prolific that team was and how many people cared and, and mm. really still have an emotional connection to that era of Eagles football, because it wasn't just like a Philly thing or even an NFC East thing. It, it was a team that nationally, like everyone had yeah. some sort of, you know, you know, they had some skin in the game on this, you know, we and, a very and nationally relevant team. Cause we had gone to that championship stage four or five years in a row. And so now you're on people's TV screens, not just all year, but also in January. You're one of like the six teams on TV, and it was every year. Yes. And so now you've you got To because he you were like I got to get him on. He agreed, which is awesome. And I'm yeah because he he went he was he was tweeting about it. So at, at some point, you know, kind of, we're trying to get him on at the Super Bowl didn't work out. So before um, Master you know. gives us a little bit of a of a preview, Westbrook, I want you to guess. What do you think T.O.'s emotions are about it now? And then I, I don't want to give it away, but how do you think T.O. talks about it now? About what? About, about, about the interview? About or me? About the Super Bowl and everything and that went through with Donovan? 
Oh, yeah. I, I know they clearly do not like each other. This, you know, I asked T at the Super Bowl. I'm like, T, you know, 15 years later, are you still beefing with Don? And I, I still think the feelings are still there. Um, you know, two of, two of my favorite people in the world, I love Donovan and I love T.O. You know, I, I was always kind of caught in the middle in this scenario where two people that I love to death, obviously love playing with them, and I knew how good we were together. Um, I was kind of that third wheel there uh, for, for, that, for that group. And that year where they just weren't getting together, they weren't seeing eye to eye. And I just remember that first year, we would all eat dinner together. Me, Don, Tio, lunch, dinner every day, and then dinner right before the game, the Saturday night before the game. And that second year was just so different. And what ended up happening was the locker room divided in two, the T.O. side, the Donovan side. And to see that go down in a situation where I just wanted the guys that I knew could be successful to be around me, it was, it was a painful thing. And I was young in my career. It was just painful to watch. Um, but, yeah, T, T's still mad. I mean, he T.O. is the same type of guy. He, he carries things with him. So grudge. in training camp that second year, he had a scrapbook of, of like, old articles the people that they said bad things about him when you know, some of the guys in Philly said bad wow. things about him. And so every morning he would wake up and look at that scrapbook. And he was one of those guys that was successful because of the chip that he carried on his shoulder. And, and who am I to say that you shouldn't carry a chip? It got him to that point. But I, I'm also like, all right, T, at some point, let's just try to, you know, make amends a little bit. That, you sense the there's a lot of pride in being a self-made man, especially where he came from, you know, often being overlooked. Uh, I've been learning in therapy recently, though, those defense mechanisms that you create for yourself in those situations, you got to learn at some point to let them things go, because if you don't, they end up actually just holding you back. And it's at some point, you know, obviously, yeah. T.O. carries a lot of pride and, and well-deservedly is in the Hall of Fame, finally. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's always interesting to hear his perspective in terms of how he viewed those things. And I don't want to give away too much of the episode, but he is very detailed in his understanding of, of what went down that season and kind of how things transpired in which, uh, I actually, I have one question to ask you because this was the one thing in that episode that I don't think has been solved. Uh, and, and he asked me, cause I, I had asked McNabb about his contract situation. Um, and I asked T.O. as well. And the biggest thing T.O. keeps holding back on is how McNabb spoke up for your contract situation, but he didn't speak up for T.O.'s. Mm -hmm. And that seems to still be one of the biggest things in which T.O. is holding on to. You know, a person who felt like obviously he you know, played out his contract very quickly and, and felt like he was worth more than, than he uh, already had signed for. Uh, I, I'm curious about your perspective on that. I don't mean to take over the interview here, but that's, no, that's the one question I feel like that this whole thing really that I, I just caught I up love in the get. middle of this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was. And you know, it was, it's a bad place to be in, but I, I, it's hard to even remember exactly what happened. But you also got to remember when, when, you're, when you're in an interview, you're answering the questions that are asked of you, right? So if I come to you and I say, you know, master, you know, should Adam get more money? Of course, you can be like, yeah. But if, 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 if I don't ask you that direct question, you're not going to be like, yo, Adam should get some more money. Because to me, it was obvious, absolutely obvious. Whatever T.O. wanted to be successful, he should get that. I mean, it was obvious. And I know it was obvious for Donovan had the best year of his career. I'm not exactly sure how the conversation went where Donovan was even brought that up. I, I would think that it probably went, you know, well, how do you feel about Brian Westbrook? Brian Westbrook does this, that, and the other for our team. They should pay him. And, and I don't know that it was they should pay him and not T.O. type of thing. And I think, again, this, this is my real thought about this whole thing. 
to me, that's something that should be discussed. That's something that can get, get um, be gotten over. And then hopefully you can move on. That was been my hope between all of us um, over the years. Unfortunately, it just, just hasn't worked. I know, anymore. Master, you're someone that thinks about mental health and the idea of setting your intentions in the beginning of the day. The thing that you are consuming is hate in the beginning of the day. Like I always say, a motivated person in the beginning kind of needs hate to break through the atmosphere. But just like a space shuttle, they drop that shit eventually so they can float in space. Because if you don't, you blow the fuck up. And it's incredible mm -hmm. what he's built and what he's made. This is something, look, we saw Shaq and Kobe have their face-to-face -face interview. I don't know if we're going to get that Jordan Isaiah Thomas one because Jordan has that same kind of mentality too. But it definitely seems like there's going to be, it might, and it sounds like it's still a ways away. How, how far would you say we are away from them dropping the walls and doing a special where they're interviewing each other? I, I've I've offered it both to both of them on Untold to jump on and, and you know over under ten twice. years. <sighs> wow. Maybe maybe post COVID now. Again, in a post COVID world, there's a possibility in which, you know, people appreciate life on a different way and there's a great deal of gratitude, which I personally experience the people around me have, and I'm sure both of you have as well, that there is that possibility. You know what I'm saying? And and but again, like like Brian said, when, when it's that personal, you know what I'm saying, or when it's still taking that kind of per that personally, it, it's going to take a lot of work internally to try and even get to that to place where you can even be in the first. same room. Right. Who do you think would be the one to break the ice? I, I don't mean. I, I just mean I, I know T pretty decently. I don't see him um, apologizing, and I don't see I don't see Donovan apologizing either. I, I this was probably just a couple a couple weeks ago. I, I read a tweet. If someone sent me a tweet where someone got paid, and I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been a basketball player. And Tio was like, all I'm looking for is my respect. All I was looking for is my respect and to get paid until hating ass Donovan said something, and some, something along those lines. And so, yeah, I, I just don't see those, these things um, being dropped. You know, I think both sides have dug in. It's like, okay, you don't like me. I don't like you. We don't like each other. And this is just Man, a, a like hate, hate relationship at this point. They're going to be like those old people fighting at the retirement point. home. We've seen those videos. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell you guys something. I mean, that year that we were together, 2004, we were the, one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best Thanks. offense in the league. And we talk about sparks. And I, I wasn't even half of the player that I, I trended to be at that point. But that team together was special. And we just we, we messed it all up. And it, it, was, it sucked. One of, the, one of the biggest regrets, I think I might have mentioned to you this, this before, Adam. One of the biggest regrets, at the time, I wasn't skilled enough. I wasn't mature enough to say, Don, T, let's, let's come together. You may not like him, and, you, and he may not like you, but you let's, said this let's before, find a way to find a And I do a, not want to take this there. power, and I do not want to be a, a self-prescribed therapist, but I am telling you, as somebody that was like two years into the NFL, that was not your burden. That yeah. was not your burden. I, was, I, was, I know I was you said say the same thing. Yeah, I've, I know you said this before, and I just want to help you release that from you. That, like, if you think any of that was your fault, it wasn't. These are clearly <laughs> two very headstrong men that, if they're going to hold a grudge for 30, yeah. 40 years, a, a two, three year old rook, a running back ain't going to come in there and, and fix it. So that's not on you. I just want to yeah. say that clearly. Yeah, I, 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 I echo that with Adam, too. Especially in the NFL, like, I mean, you're a year or two in, like, you know, that's, <laughs> there's so many other factors and things that you're even processing still, you know what I'm saying? In terms of your own personal growth that, 
you know, those guys were established by that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the responsibility ultimately. That's like, it, that's it like was on them and it still like, remains on them. Yeah. Your parents are fighting. Okay. You're not the reason, you know, yeah, like exactly. mom and dad just <laughs> might not love each other that much right now. Hopefully it does change, though, because, you know, it's again for, for a lot of people, there's great experiences. And even on the show, T.O. talked about how great it was, you know, for him to find display uh, and have a deep, deep threat uh, mm. from with someone who can literally throw that the home run ball season game. Oh, my. Yeah, God. we talked. Yeah, we, we touched. It's it's you know, before before even that, though, the first day that T.O. walked out onto the training camp field at Lehigh, it must have been 50,000 people there. And I'm, I'm talking about as I'm walking out, this is my second or third training camp. So I kind of know the deal and I'm watching it and I've been around. You know, we know the fans are going to go crazy when we go out there, but they took it to a whole different level. T.O., 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 T.O. I'm talking they're standing every single practice, 30, 40, 50,000 people at practice for a training camp out in the middle of nowhere. That's the type of power that T.O. had as far as his ability to draw. And, you know, and listen, personally, his ability to change defenses for my game was a whole different. Was a whole different. It was just a, it's a different game playing with a guy like that. No, nobody Master, else. I have an NFL question for you. What's up, uh, man? You're a Texas guy. You're a Cowboys fan, unfortunately. Uh, and, and I know that you like Jalen Hurts a lot. And I'm I curious, do. what is this experience like? Because I know you don't want the Eagles to succeed, which is fair. But I know that you want him to succeed. I, I don't. It, it low-key kind of reminds me of the, the McNabb Eagles days. I'm not even going front where it's just, you know, there's there's a quarterback that you see has a great deal of excitement. You know, someone that you kind of vaguely remember in college, well, at least with McNabb it was, but I, I remember Hurts very vividly. Um, and just seeing how the game is changing at this play, at this point and, and the, the capabilities that he has to just make plays. Like, that that part has just been incredibly exciting. That's why, for me, like, uh, Eagles fans are chewing me out when I'm like, yo, y'all got a bench wins. And, I, and I'm like, they're like, oh, you're a Cowboys fan. You just hating, like, on win. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, like, at least at some point, you got to get this dude a chance because Wentz looks fragile yeah. mentally. Yeah. So, at that point, like, what? there's not much else you can do. So, I'm, you know yeah, I'm, I'm just – I'm excited to see Hurts and see what he does. But, you know, hopefully Dak can get healthy again so I don't have to be jealous and envious that you guys have a dope quarterback. Yeah, it feels so good, bro. <laughs> well, Dak – well, I hope, yeah. I hope Dak gets healthy so get he can come money. back and show everybody what he is. But the biggest thing that I think Eagles fans should be thinking is this. We have struggled for the last I – mean, a bunch of games this season. And there has been a lot of point finger pointing. To your point earlier, Adam, that it was maybe it's the offensive line, it's the wide receivers, the coaching – and then this guy just comes in, and all that seems to be yes. much better. All, none of those things are issues anymore. That's, that's huge. That, that, that says something about a young kid, a rookie. There's uh, when, that, when you think and then about there's it. also the fact that he is going to struggle in moments in these next two games against the Cowboys in Washington. And so I'm Absolutely. ready for my mentions to get blown up. But in my mind, I'm going, what you're mm-hmm. looking for right now is not how high the floor is, but how high the ceiling is. And when you see some of the plays he's making and you see what he's capable of, as Westbrook knows very well, consistent excellence is what gets you in the NFL and makes you a star. But we need to see if he had excellence. He clearly has excellence. Now all he has to do is make that repeatable. Like there's a lot of quarterbacks that are not capable of doing what he did. And so this is just our chance to learn capabilities. It's like throwing a stone down a well and it's still falling and you're going, God, this motherfucker is good. So um, 
I just wanted to know because I know you you go hard for Texas guys too. Oh, for sure, absolutely, man. You know, you, you want to see them do well, and and you know, Texas where the spread offense you know really has, has blossomed and, and taken over football. And do you want to win the ways. NFC East right now? What's that? Do you want to win the NFC East as a Cowboys fan? <laughs> no, but I, I like I'm I'm in this strange position because now what the Eagles have a better draft pick than the Cowboys do, right? So. Like it, it's because of this this fucking win and they just had against the Niners, which is so stupid that mm. they had thirty thousand fans in this place. I'm I'm like I am I am pissed the fuck off with this franchise, dog. <laughs> I'm I'm over this. Shit. I don't even watch this shit uh, during Sundays. Like I don't have them up on my four game screen. Mm. Like I don't. I don't want anything to do with them. I just want to look at my Bleacher Report app and just see a loss at three fifteen p.m. Central Time. That's mm. all I care about. But. Yeah, I mean, at this point, just it's almost like a little troll that I enjoy. They're like, hey, hey, we're still in it. You know what I'm saying? Like Andy Dalton, Tony Pollard, hey, we, we can make this shit happen. But I, I, I don't want them to win. It, it would be the dumbest division title win ever. But this would also be the year in which I would buy a division championship shirt if they happen to win it. It's if, if you guys <laughs> – so Washington, I know they play the Eagles the last game of the year, and I think next week they play Carolina. So it's like a Ron Rivera rematch game. Mm. If you somehow take the four, you would you, whoever wins will likely be playing either the Rams or the Bucks at home. I, I know there's inconsistencies. The Rams just lost to the Jets, uh, the Bucks. But I feel like the I, Rams I like the Bucks always are- hang up a lot of points on the Cowboys. And I just I'd rather not deal with that. Yeah. Like the last time the Cowboys were in the in the playoffs, they they beat the Hawks, but then they ended up getting knocked out of the Rams. It was in L.A. Granted, but right. it's just a scenario in which I'd prefer to avoid. Let those guys go on vacation, go go see Cancun. It's been a stressful year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Relax, take care of your bodies, and then come back in the off season for pro- off season programs. That's my preference on that. Mm-hmm. The Bucks. I, I I still for some reason think that they're 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 gonna start getting this thing rolling at yeah, some point. Sean, I don't Sean know why. I don't know if I'm stuck in this Tom Brady just like he's he's he'll figure it out at some point. But I mean they they've clearly got more talent than the Cowboys do, so that's Ooh. not a matchup I would I would want the Cowboys to face at all. Eagle, I mean, yeah. What do you got, Westbrook? You know, as as a Cowboy fan, how do you how do you kind of mesh the talent that you guys have had over the last few years? And the underachieving. Uh, I mean, at this, this point, like actually, speaking solely from an Eagles fan, I mean that this is that's. I mean, we talk about talent on our I'll team all Michael the time, Gallup. and then I think we've overachieved based on some of our talent. But I mean, they've oh, underachieved by with, by one hundred thousand percent. Like it's it's. They talk every year about the depth that they have, which is true. They ha- they have had great two de- uh, two deep depth on the depth chart. So it's it's not like they're making these things up. But then. You know, a lot of injuries happen. It's kind of started with like the Gerald McCoy injury that happened, mm-hmm. like off top, and, Don and, Terry Poe and just and all, yeah, yeah. The, the ball just got rolling from there, and, and and all of a sudden that depth that they were bragging about that you know the Cowboys have been trying to be penny pinchers lately over the last couple of years and drafting uh, guys and, and stocking up on draft picks and and you know finding bargains in in the in the damaged canned goods to try and get some some two for one discounts on guys and and trying to build out their team in that kind of way, and it's. You know, it's it's gotten mixed results, <laughs> you know, like McCarthy was supposed to come in here and, and fix this offense up. And it was, you know, if it wasn't for Dak literally carrying this team on his back for the first couple of weeks, it was looking horrible. Mm. It's I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in year two. But to answer your question, I mean, this shit has been happening since I, I've been born. So it's it's not like like my first Cowboys memory <laughs> was like, you know, Cowboys Steelers Super Bowl. And it's just been downhill ever since. It was mm. so bad for me uh... in, in elementary school in fourth grade. I was like, yo, fuck this team. I'm going to go fuck with this greatest show on turf right now because mm. what they doing over there with Marshall yeah. Falk, Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, Azir Hakeem, I'm like, let, let me ride this way for a couple of years. 
you know, you get into journalism and obviously like they tell you to be objective and stuff. So you were able to drop your allegiance of fanhood right. of what was probably one of the worst runs of, of any franchise in NFL history with the Rams. So that, that shit wasn't hard. But uh, coming back home, coming back to Dallas, it was like, all right, it seems like it's time. But as I'm back in it now, I'm seeing all of my friends also just be like, man, fuck this team. I'm yes. going on the Chiefs. I'm going on this. Like, if you're a Cowboy, like, I feel like a true Cowboys fan, and there's going to be some diehards who are delusional who are not going to agree with this. And honestly, I will never have anything in common with them at all besides the Cowboys. But I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans, of which I know, at some point in their life, I've just been like, yo, fuck this team. I'm going to go fuck with something else that's actually winning right now. And I'm going to jump back on this show <laughs> and get this shit right. Mm. And I, I think that makes sense. Makai Becton just came out and said, if you wanted us to lose, he's obviously the tackle on the Jets. If you wanted us to lose, you're not a real fan. And what I would say to the athletes are, you'll never know what it's like to be a fan. And we'll never know what it's like to be an athlete. And I think that it's this divide where you guys, Westbrook, when you're in it, you have to be so in the present all the time for your physical safety, for your mental acuity, like you have to be in the present. Fans, we are supposed to never live in the present. We are constantly looking at the ticker and we're watching the other games and we're having political analysts come up and say, it's a 35%. Like we get <laughs> consumed in that shit. So you don't have to. And Either you talking about playoffs or you talking about the draft picks. Like yes. as a beat writer, like your whole, like in many ways, if, if the team sucks, you're selling hope and optimism for next year and potential changes that can be made. Team's great. Shit's great. Like yeah. it's just, like it, it's it, it, always believing that the fan needs something to be fed optimistically mm. uh, that can keep them on this train for however long they want to be mm. on this train. Just, just think about this though, from the Go player's ahead. perspective. You guys want us to go out there and lose. So that to us literally means we don't you want, want you to, to lose. We want you now, to happen to lose. There's a difference. Like yesterday, Eagles losing 33 well, well, to 27 well, and looking really efficient on offense and executing well and falling Great a Hail Mary short. Amazing loss. Jacksonville loss. losing 44 to 13. Not a great loss. You just suck. And so <laughs> I want to see, I want to see execution but the other team just had more talent. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, but 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 a part of execution is that if you don't execute, totally. that's why you lose games. And my job is to go out there and to execute every play, and yeah. that's how I get paid. The so difference now, now saying, is that okay, you well, get off the, the field and you open your Twitter and you see what we have to say, where like back when you first started, the only people you were seeing was like Paul Domowich and like some reporter, and you're like, <laughs> oh, and so now right. it's so much input a fantasy and all that nonsense mm -hmm. from these guys. Back in the stone age of <laughs> social media. That's hey, all we could, hey could it, it's, it's a, I feel like that era of playing football or being an athlete, man, like you're probably looking back on this shit like, whew, they, they, in many ways, like it's just like, thank God in many ways, because like, just that level of, of, of privacy and breaking those barriers where, again, like the only person you've probably seen is a grocery yeah. store. Yeah, there's other money opportunities that come in this current era right now where you can monetize off your brand and all that stuff. Yeah. But Think about is it. there we really were, a price for that level of privacy you can get? We were at a time, too, though, where like T.O. And, and, and Ocho Cinco took over the sports world for eight weeks exchanging touchdown dances. Now we're like, and there's another one, and let's yeah. move on. And so, like, <laughs> what we focus on is so different. Now we focus on pregame juju TikTok dances and not, oh, not T.O. pulling a Sharpie out of his sock 
after burning Sean Springs. You know, been there, done that. What's next? Yeah, that, that was <laughs> such a better era. Uh, the one thing I'll say before we say goodbye to Master is he said something there. He said that as he was coming up, they coached out the fanhood of you in broadcasting school. And what I will say to everybody is to use Master as an example is that while you come up and your personality is supposed to be conformed, realize who is teaching you and they are conforming you to their style. And the quicker you get back to your own independence and your own personality, the better you will do in this business. And I think Master is a great example of somebody who has found himself at an early age and will continue to blossom. So Master, I appreciate you coming on. Hey man, I appreciate Untold that, Stories dog. drops when? Uh, we got, we're going back to back on them like Drake, man. We got, we got Devin Hester dropping this week, nice. uh, this Wednesday, and then we're going, we're going to end the year off right with T.O. So I don't know when this podcast is dropping. Look at Bleacher Report, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube, Absolutely. It'd be, it'd be on my, it'd be on my Twitter, Master T.E.S. It'd be on my Instagram, Master underscore T.E.S.F.A.T.S.I.O.N. My last name is Fatian. It'll be on Bleacher Report's Instagram. It'll be on Facebook Watch, BR Gridiron. Y'all go check it out, man. Westbrook, you love nice. Master. You always try and act cool when he's around. Hey, man, I it's do. all we love, dog. For real, man. You know what I'm saying? See you outside, you know. Westbrook does cool. that Barack Obama thing at. where, like, he'll see me and be like, hey, Adam, and then Master comes in, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, we, we man, had a good why chat. don't I get the cool Westbrook? <laughs> <laughs> we had a good-ass chat, like, outside of, in the parking lot. I, I forgot it feels. I was trying to get an Uber. You were in Miami. It was just like – Oh, yeah, 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 right yeah, outside right the hotel. hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're just chopping up, just like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, you know, just catching up on you real quick because crazy ass week and shit. Well, you respect good work, and I respect everything that you've done, and I that's what that, it's man. all about. Thank you, you know dog. What I'm saying? Really, really appreciate you, man. Good talking to you, man. Absolutely. Awesome talking to Lashawn McCoy. Really enjoyed that conversation with Master. Uh, and one other news and note just happened at his press conference. Doug Peterson announced that Jalen Hurts will start this week, and then added the word obviously. Which is just so good. It would have been obvious if you just said it yesterday. Like, why do you need to watch the film to say that? But go ahead. Uh, Ingver, I haven't really given you uh, any time today. Uh, before we get to DJ Reed, defensive back for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who called me out, didn't call. He, he propped himself up on Instagram. We'll tell you the story. It's good. Um, do you have any football stuff? Before you give your last stuff that you just want to talk about, you, you have so many notes, and I'm just, I want to give you the floor. I feel like I've been selfish, and I apologize. Uh, one thing that I, I know you've, you've had an up and down relationship with Tony Romo this year, but he had an interesting call that Patrick Mahomes is the only guy that's throwing past the sticks on third and really long, and someone went and did the numbers on it. It's a fantastic chart. Uh, it's from Adam Harstead and PFF Moo on Twitter. You can see that when it's like third and 11, this guy's throwing at 15 yards. When it's third and 13, he's throwing at 18 yards. It's one of those things where the eye test really matches the analytics. And I really enjoyed seeing the numbers laid out because a lot of guys, when it's third and 18, all right, let's just try to get a few yards here let's and make it a little a bit more manageable. Let's throw an underneath route that maybe they break free. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was one of those moments uh, that really made me, they just, it, it really matched what you're watching with the analytics. And then that also reminded me just a little bit about Jalen Hurts, where you and I have talked about this before. Jackie McMullen, one of my favorite sports writers of all time, she talked about with young players, it's not about their wins and losses necessarily. It's not about their stats necessarily. It's about what assignments are the coaches giving them, right? Doug Peterson is watching Jalen Hurts in practice every week. He's seeing him. He's seeing what he can do, what he trusts him with. And 
not kicking the field goal on fourth and five from like the eight yard line and saying, we need seven points right here. He trusted Jalen hurts with that. And that's a process oriented move. He was saying, all right, Jalen hurts air this out. I trust you to make the right decision. And he did. And he was paid off for it. Um, and I, I, I think that if you get too focused right now on, Oh, did he make this right decision? Did he win this game? Did he not? That's not the right idea. It's that Jalen hurts is doing things right now that his coaches are trusting him with. That's something that Andy Reid has done with Patrick Mahomes for the last two or three years. Just like, let him sling it out there. Uh, and, and I love to see it. Yeah. It's that I think he has four touchdowns this year and all of them are either in third and long or on fourth down. I think three of them are on fourth down and one of them's third and long. Uh, what what do you do in the clutch? That's what matters. Um, okay. I know that we've been very Jalen Hurts-centric lately. Um, I would just want to tell the 33%. Part of it is because it's hard because it really feels inevitable that the Chiefs are going to go all the way. And so uh, at the same point, I just want to say that after watching football for three or four months, this is the first time where I'm ha- I'm feeling happy on Mondays. And it's bringing me so much joy. And so I know that we've been hurt centric. I don't believe we'll be as much hurt centric now that there's a little bit more proof out there. Uh, We'll definitely talk about it, but as we're getting ready for the playoffs, as we're getting ready for the seeding, because there's only one buy, um, I have a feeling that the next six, seven weeks are going to be absolutely crazy. I can't wait to go along with you guys. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and we have a fucking quarterback for Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. And in life, uh, many times you hold on to things because you're comfortable. And in space, sometimes you just get so comfortable, you don't want to change because when and you don't want to change because you don't want to let that comfortable thing go. You've been so used to it. it you're, 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 you have that bond because it's comfortable. And, and being uncomfortable is not where a place where anybody wants to be. But there are times when something better is called upon and something better pops up and you have to be uncomfortable. This is what I say and give to all my Eagles fans. There are times where you're comfortable with Carson Wentz. We understand that. I get it. But now it's time to move on. Turn the page. That life is over. That time is over. Now it's time to go to the next page. Get comfortable with Jalen Hurts. He's here to stay. I thought he was about to quit the show and be like, and that's why I'm going to first things first. (laughs) That would have been an incredible ending (laughs) Uh, for David Ingber. I don't understand the difference between Santa Claus and dragons. We try to actually convince our kids that Santa Claus is real, that he's coming into your house to drop off presents. Why can't he just be someone that we tell nice stories about? No one tries to convince their child that a dragon is real, but we can still enjoy the stories about them or unicorns. It's the same sort of thing. Let's tell our kids that Santa Claus is a fun story and they we can enjoy the idea of him going around the world, but let's not tell our kids a fat lie because I just found out last week that Santa Claus is not real. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm left reeling from it. Sorry. You had that experience. The most loved break in and entering human that's ever <laughs> existed. Uh, I know that Westbrook doesn't agree with this mainly no. because I've never seen so someone so committed to the elf on the shelf, committed to the elf on the shelf. We're moving that thing all over the place. And the reason why we have Santa Claus, David is because there has to be a reason for your kids to act good in the end of the year. And Santa Claus is that dangling carrot that you have to dangle out, dangle out there to make sure that they act the proper way. That's how my parenting goes. Have you uh, and your, your wife prepared for how you're going to have that conversation? Nope. Or 
are they just, okay. they're going to have to find out for themselves. They're going to have to come home and be like, dad, guess what? Santa Claus isn't don't real. Don't say it. The people, don't, don't say it because people on this podcast might not know what we're talking about. So I don't wanna... <laughs> we got a varying ages. A uh, little bit later this week. Also, we should have my guy, William Ezel, that's going to come on uh, and he's going to announce who wins the LFGL. So we are recording this on Monday afternoon. I'm sure there are some people in the finals that have somebody on the Steelers or somebody on the Bengals. Uh, so good luck to everyone out there. If you are in the championships in your fantasy league, congratulations. You've earned it. It's a really cool time. I hope you're having a great time. There was a lot of gems dropped on this episode, a lot of good uh, messages about life. Uh, and I'll just end then with this. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. I'm very appreciative of having Brian Westbrook and his great energy. I'm very appreciative of having David Ingber and his great energy and all the people that helped make this happen. And I would just say, 2020 is coming to an end, which is wild. Don't just think 2021 is going to be better. Use this week and a half to go, what do I want 2021 to be? And really visualize it and write out, what would be a perfect day of 2021? And then try and live that day. And guess what? After about three or four months, even if you're just a little bit closer, it's better than fucking 2020. Good luck to everybody out there. Have a great day. And Jalen Hurts is fucking for real. And you heard it here first. Peace. Stick around. We got DJ Reed coming up. Oh, yeah. DJ Reed. Here he comes. DJ Reed. <laughs> All right. It's now our conversation with a guy that you might not know of, but you're going to. And you're going to be hearing about him for a long time. His name is DJ Reed, cornerback of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I get DMs, they go into the message requests and you don't see them right away. Well, I'm getting ready for the games yesterday and I go into my DM message requests and I go, this guy's got a blue check mark. Who the hell is this? And I look and it's DJ Reed. And I go, okay. And I see that a few weeks ago, he goes, I want to increase my Madden rating. I think I should be higher. And I want to say first, DJ, you're not the first dude to do this, but I don't know why I was like, okay, when we wrap season one, we could talk. And you responded at 1242 bet one o'clock, the Seahawks take on Washington and I'm watching the game. And early on, there's this pass in the hole, and I see this corner come out of nowhere and lay out and smack it down. I go, wow. And they go, and that was DJ Reed on the play. And I go, you got to be kidding me. A little bit later, Dwayne Haskins dropped back. He throws a ball across the middle, intercepted by DJ Reed. Bro had three pass defense, one interception. He called this shot. I responded, fucking legend. And he said, I told you I need that rating up ASAP. DJ, you called your shot, and so I'm giving you the spot, bro. I appreciate it, man. I'm just, you know, my overall is a 72, I believe, and, man, I'm just saying, man, I'm playing good ball. <laughs> I'm playing good ball right now, so I feel like, you know, it should definitely be higher than that, and it's a lot of aspects we could talk about. I know you I know you got the show where you where you work guys out, so we could do that yes. in the offseason. And I'll let you, I'll show you what's up. So I mean, well, listen, I, I have connects good. there, so I I know I know all my guys that that are involved in the ratings. I'm sending them this, but I just want to say I I then I wake up this morning and I said, let's see what the internet's saying. Seahawks.com. 
just a playmaker. DJ Reed making his case for starting job. ESPN, unheralded DJ Reed paying dividends at cornerback for the Seahawks. I'm looking at the article and I'm seeing Pete Carroll saying things like his feet are lightning. Uh, his feet are lightning fast. athletic, a different style of player. Well, first of all, what is it like to do it on a stage now where everyone's like, it's undeniable. We have to talk about this guy. How does it feel for you right now? I mean, it's legendary because, you know, there's not too many guys that are five, nine on the Island, you know what I'm saying? Strapped in, that's, you know, Mm. not giving up stuff. So, you know, I had a good matchup, you know, against 17 and, you know, he's a good receiver, had a good matchup, Mm. but had a big chip on my shoulder coming into this game. And um, I just love, I love playing against good receivers. It brings the best out of me. So when I mean, someone with I'm, your story plays on an Island <laughs> against Terry McLaurin, I know that you knew that they were going to attack you yesterday. Exactly. And and so that's why I was pissed off. I was pissed off because of that. Exactly. How, what kind of motivation did it give you? Were you thinking about it all week? Mm, I wouldn't say I was thinking about it all week, but I just came into the game. Like they're going to try me because they don't really know who I am, man. I'm going to let them know what it is. That's why I was talking a lot. So definitely had a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, even the matter rate, I, I, I hate you, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, a couple weeks couple weeks out, like, damn, can I get my matter rate up, bro? Like, I'm balling. And then you just like, you know, a little yeah. later down, you hit me like, okay, like, we'll see what you do. Like, kind of like shrugged yeah. it off. And I just said, bet. You know what I'm saying? Played in the game. Hey, so it's like, come on, man. Let's get that matter rate up. I love it. I, for people that don't know your story, you're a later round draft pick, fifth, sixth round. You go to San Francisco. Uh, you get waived, I guess, with like some pec surgery this offseason, uh, which has to be, if I'm a professional, like the scariest thing ever, where like you get injured and your team's like, good luck. Uh, and then a division rival comes calling. Um, from, from you know the injury and all that until now, what has that jersey been like? Uh, that journey been like, man? How how self motivated have you been throughout this whole thing? Oh yeah, it's been a blessing. But it's you know, those dark times definitely brought the best out of me. Just staying humble, knowing knowing what you could do, and not getting the opportunity yet to do it is very humbling. So mm-hmm. I just told myself, whenever I get the opportunity, I'm gonna take full advantage of it, and that's what I've been doing. They've put you on both sides. They've put you, put you at nickel corner. Um, it, it's, it feels like one of those things where you're just like, I just have to put good shit on tape. And, and now you have good shit on tape. So now how do, we, how do you take on that no one's looking at me motivation into they're all watching me motivation? Yeah, that's what I want. I want everybody to watch me. You feel me? So, I mean, I'm going to just keep doing what I've been doing. And that's just setting the tone, dominating, controlling the chaos. So, I mean, mm. really, you know, I, wanna, I, want, I want the lights to be on me. I don't want to be under the radar. I want, you know what I'm saying, the lights to be on me for sure. You guys have had a few opportunities these last few weeks to, I feel like, be really aggressive on defense. You know, there was – there. everybody likes to talk about your guys' total yards, but when I look at the Seahawks' defense, it's you can move up and down the field, but at any moment we're going to strike back. And I just listening to you, I feel like that fits your personality. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's a dog mentality for sure. Um, we definitely have a lot of guys that are aggressive, you feel me? Like Diggs, you know, coming out the middle of the field. He's smacking dudes. Same as Jamal Adams, playmaker. You know what I'm saying? He got like nine, ten sacks. So yeah. we got Shaq on the other side locking up. So, I mean, we, we're gelling together real good in our secondary. 
it's it's funny because I feel like these last few weeks everyone's been talking about other teams, and it's like quietly you guys are now in the playoffs yet again. Um, and I feel like with with three, there's not a game that you're out of. And I'm curious, the mentality right now, is it like, don't let us in this tournament up or in, you know, oh, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, we in the playoffs. So, you know, everybody, you know, getting that swag, you know, that confidence, but really for me personally, it doesn't even matter who we play. Like they just in the way of us trying to win the Super Bowl. So give us whoever, like <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah. What was what was your what was your journey like last year with the Niners? You know, what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, so I mean, my journey last year really I didn't start. So I mean, I was playing nickel, backup nickel. You know, really waiting my time out, knowing what I could do. Like I said, it's not like I just got these skills overnight or something. Like I've been, of course. You know, what I'm saying I was an All American in college. So really, it was just about waiting my time out. You know, nickel ahead of me was K1 Williams. He was paid, so. You know what I'm saying? He, he he deserved to play. He's a good, sure. good nickel back as well. And um, honestly, they didn't even see me playing on the outside, even though I played corner in college. They see me playing more like safety. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, really, I was just there, like, to be there. And then I get here, they know that I return kicks. So, I'm back there. I'm coming literally on defense, third down, fourth down, going back there on pump return to catch a kick. So, like, they're utilizing me very well here. So, they, yeah. they see my talent, and they're just putting me in good positions. Unused talent is never the fault of the talent. It is of the evaluators. Yeah, that's, that's deep right there. That's real. It felt, real. Good. It felt good coming out. But so wait, <laughs> were, you, were you suiting up for the Niners last year? Oh, yeah. I suited up every game. I just was waiting, you know what I'm saying, to get my name called. If a dude got hurt, I'll come in. Totally. You know, my coverage, my coverage grade was high for, like, when I did get reps. I started one game because of somebody got injured. My coverage grade was high. It was, it was an 80. So, I mean – I could play. I knew I could play. So yeah, well, to experience like the playoff run last year, and to get an understanding of the intensity, and then what those two weeks are like before the Super Bowl, to be at your age—that's that's amazing to get that lesson so early. And yeah. I think did it did it also give you an idea like coming into a team like this, what it's going to require if you guys do get to that point? Most definitely, like that's real because. Man, we lost in the Super Bowl last year, and that's the worst feeling ever. Like, we was up by 10 with, like, eight, seven minutes left, and we end up losing the game. So just knowing what it takes to finish all four quarters, the little details you have to do, the process throughout the week, you know, everything has to be detailed. So I definitely learned, you know, from that experience, and I definitely feel like um, I'm incorporating that here and bringing that Mm. to the guys, you know, in the locker room for sure. Of course. And then also, like – you come back and your first pick is against the 49ers. Like the team that cut you, you come back and you pick off Jimmy G. Like that's crazy. Man, God works in mysterious ways, bro. Like it's crazy how God works. Like you you want to live out your plan, but God really got a better plan for you. So for all that to come into fruition is just crazy, bro. It's like a movie. So wait, I saw you yesterday. You were talking a lot of shit. When you intercepted yeah. your old team... What did you do? Yeah, honestly, bro, when I intercepted Jimmy, I wasn't even talking. I even, I wasn't even talking. I was more, you know, focused on celebrating with my teammates because that was my first career pick. So we did a little celebration. You know, we got a, formed a little circle and did a little hot potato. And then that was yeah. really it. I wasn't really talking that much that game for whatever reason. Mm. 
Is there an art to talking trash to a wide receiver? Yeah, I think in just in general. It just depends what mood I'm in. Um, you know, some games I'm more angry than others, but it is an art because you you can control how they react, but you can't ever talk too much to lose what you're doing. So it, mm. it, it's controlled energy, if that makes sense, if you do it right. A hundred percent, because you could probably do it too much to where it throws you off. Where it, th- where it could throw you off. And I know some guys that happens to. So what? You got to see Richard Sherman like a full year last year. And so, yeah. I mean, th- this this up and back between the Seahawks and the Niners is kind of crazy. But um, what do you learn being in a, in a cornerback room with a guy like that? Sherman, man, I learned a lot. He's very smart. So just being around him, you learn formations. You learn offensive formations so you can make plays on the ball. And I think that is a big step for a lot of DBs that guys take later in their careers but it's better to learn earlier. If you learn what you're getting before it comes to you, you can make more plays. You don't got to be the most athletic, vice versa, whatever. Like you can make plays though if you know what's coming before it happens. Oh, I mean that first step, if you already know which direction to put it in, like you've already, you're halfway there. Yeah. Uh, easy for me to say, I don't got to break on any balls. <laughs> um, and then, and then a guy like Jamal, um, who, I know Jamal and uh, I w- he's, a, he's like a friend of mine. I like him a lot. And yeah. I know I can only imagine the pressure that he put on himself because of the trade that like you were saying about K1 earlier, like we know what the values that are put on people. And so we know the expectations that come with those values. But now I feel like it's starting to all click. Now it's not about first impressions anymore. Now it's like, let's, let's execute. Um, how have you seen him change over the season? Because he seems like he's he's getting more fluid yeah. with his attack. Yeah, really, bro. Like we both, you know, we're new, so we both came to this team. Like we're still learning the defense. Like it doesn't just happen in a couple months. And mm. all the players that are on the team right now on defense, we haven't practiced together like that until recent. So I mean, it's starting to gel together. Um, obviously, every game we're getting more confident, and we're just out there playing now instead of thinking like, oh, I got this. And you're kind of playing slower. Now it's clicking. So now we just, mm. you know what I'm saying, making plays. Last year, you guys got a buy. This year, there's only one buy. And it's tough. It's, it's a, how, big of a, how big is that week? Bro, we were talking about that literally yesterday on the, on the airplane because I thought that we still had two buys. And then it was like, no, Green Bay, they leading the NFC, so they're going to probably be the only team to get a buy. But we'll see how these two games go. And I was like, damn, we need that buy. That buy is crucial, mm. bro. Like, you get to just recover your body. Like, let your body heal, bro. This is a long season. So, yeah. getting that buy. The Niners, they had that buy last year, and that definitely helped everybody get, you know, rejuvenated for sure. And then it just gives the coaching staff another week to kind of get all the preparations done. So, now there, there's no buy. So, I'm curious, now that you guys are in – does, and and there are no fans in the stands, so home field advantage isn't as big. Yeah. Now that you're in, is it like, hey man, like let's get right right now, or is it like let's keep attacking as hard as we can? Because if we slow down, we've yeah. seen that before. You don't you don't want to start taking your mind away from the mission. Yeah. One thing about buys though, buys could be bad. Like you look at the Ravens last year; they lost coming off a of buy. Yeah. It was fourteen and two. So I mean. It depends how the guys approach it. Like if you if you have a bye week and you're literally not doing anything, then that's bad. And you got a you got a team that just played a game and they're ready. 
that could be a disadvantage. So, I mean, it definitely goes both ways for sure. All right. I got one more for you about other people. Um, the first time that you saw DK, <laughs> I, I guess I'm more like, cause you saw them with the Niners. Yeah. When, when, when you went from DK being the opponent to a teammate, was it a relief? Um, I mean, me personally, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't pick and choose, like, whoever I'm guarding, yeah. I'm guarding. But I will say, like, he, he's a freak of nature, like, <laughs> definitely. Like, probably every every team has one guy that has that it that's just different. Uh, Diggs likes to call him man boy. Like, mm. we was talking about uh, Chase Young. He's yeah. a man boy. Every team. Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry, man boy. Every team has has probably one of those guys, and DK is definitely our guy. Like, he. He's different for sure. Freaking nature. One, one thing I love about your energy already is that you're like, if you want to put me on an island, put me on an island. And I think some people are like, well, I'd rather be on the left side. And you're like, island. Nah, if, yeah. if you went island with DK, like, it, to me, it's like a boxing match. So I'm curious, like, what the strategy is. Oh, yeah. So with DK, I mean, that's tough because, you know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta think about the speed. Because he's lights out speed, but I trust my speed, so I'm good. But just the jump ball, I'm going to just have to, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> make an incredible play because he's tall and he has bounce. So I'm, pro- I'm definitely going to have to, for sure, finesse it, if that makes sense. Probably wouldn't be able to get to the pick. climb up him. Yeah, probably wouldn't have to get the pick on him, but I just have to get the ball out on DK on the jump ball. What is it called, break the triangle? Yeah, play through his hands. But if I'm in good position, I'll try to pick it, but – Man. That'll be tough, though. Um, next two games, NFC West opponents, Rams, Niners, and I'm, I know there's a lot of motivation there, but, you know, like, I have, you said this, you want the eyeballs. How excited are you for the next two weeks and then going to the playoffs to know you're out there and that people are watching? Yeah, honestly, I'm hungry, bro. Like, Obviously, the NFL is one game at a time. You can't overlook anybody. So, focus on the Rams, getting ready for this week. And then after that week, get ready for the Niners. And then, obviously, the playoffs. So, I'm hungry, bro. I'm locked in. This is the most locked in I've ever been in football. So, I'm looking forward to it, bro. I love it. All right. I'm looking up. I'm trying to find your your Madden ratings right now. Um, yeah, man, it's sad. It's sad, though. I be having people. You know, it's bad when I have people DM me like, "Bro, why is your matter rating so low? Like, you're a dog." I'd be like, "Bro, I don't know. I don't know what's going is on." Is there was there an attribute that upset you the most? Like, other you know than what I'm overall? saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna talk about the speed. Everybody got a problem with their speed. That's why I said because I, I watch. So the show. I have you right now as a 72 overall. And a 90 speed with 91 acceleration. So you don't like the 90 speed, bro? I'm running. I'm I'm guarding dudes that run four threes, and I'm I'm running stride to stride with them, and their speeds at 95, 94, 96. I'm just saying. And so at the combine, what did you run in the 40? At the combine, I ran a four five one, but I mm. had you have to listen. I had a sprain. Of course I am. I had a sprained MCL, and I still ran my 40. Ran a four five one. Didn't train, but I ran it. But you could ask anybody. You could ask anybody that plays me, like kick return, punt return, playing corner. Like my game speed is really, 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 really fast. I see that your awareness went up one. 
It's gone up three or four. Uh, you've gone from, it looks like in the beginning of the year, you were a 69 60s. and now you're a 72. What's my catching? What's my catching? Yeah, let's see. I'll say this too. Um, one thing that if I was going to make the argument for you to the Madden ratings adjusters, I would say, let's first of all, talk about the fact that he went to, in my opinion, one of the DBUs. Okay. This is Kansas state. This is Marcus Peters. This is Terrence Newman. There's a lot of corners. Marcus, that Peters, went. Marcus Peters went to Washington. My bad. I saw the yeah, blue so, and the white in my head. Yeah, he so didn't really, go there. Yeah. Really T Newman, T Newman, T Newman. They've had a bunch over the years. Yeah, Duke Shelley, he's in the league right now. Me. Okay, I may have over-exaggerated. Yeah, so it's okay. really – it's not that deep. I he knew Marcus really Peters. Did put us on the map. Man, because that motherfucker was a 4-3. Okay. Yeah. So, catch, they have you as a 70. I saw the interception I mean, yesterday. The interception, I'm going to keep showing that, but, you know, I'm at punt return. Like, so, for someone to be on punt return, you have to be able to catch. I hey, tried punt returning. It is not easy. Punt return. I'm on kick return, but I've been off of it because I've been playing defense. But I, I did is kick return. Is kick returning even fun anymore since most of them are touchbacks? I mean, it's not. But when it's in play, obviously, it's, it's pretty dope. But I was going to say, like, if you're trying to make a name for yourself, it's almost like put me back on punt returns because I return. can actually maybe return something. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's more action on punt return. Um, how about this? If we were going to leave a message for the people at Madden after a huge game last week and you're really starting to show yourself, if you could express to them what it feels like to be a 72 overall with a 90 speed when you believe you're better, if you could express that emotion to them, I think it would be impactful. So what would you tell the people at Madden? Go, go watch the film. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, go watch the film and – you tell me, like I'm guarding dudes. I mean Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, he ran a he ran a four three five. I'm running stride to stride with the guy. No disrespect to him, but I'm just saying my speed is higher. If you guys are basing my speed off of that forty time, that's not accurate, is what I'm saying. Mm. And you know, I mean I know a guy that might be able to have you run a forty now that we're healthy. Respect. If we need to. Respect. Okay. Uh DJ, I, I love your personality. I think you're a great guy uh, as I get blurry. Um, I'm excited for you because you, you've already conquered the number one thing, which is not being afraid of the spotlight. My man, here it fucking comes. Congratulations on getting back to the playoffs. Congrats on a big game last week. Uh, the future is the future. As you said, it takes care of itself. Now we just got to do what's in front of us. But I'll do my best to pass this to the right people, bro. I got you. I got you. Appreciate you, dog. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. DJ, have a great day. Have a great day. Kick ass in the future. And we, we're going to talk soon, for sure. That's a bet, bro. All right, bro. Have a good one, man.